Tulane Green Wave running back Tajay Spears has made himself running back number two here at the 2023 Reese's Senior Bowl. All of that and a little bit of Lanyap coming up for you here in Mobile, Alabama, home of Mardi Gras on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, into the Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you for making us your first listen or your first view here as we wrap up the 2023 Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, if you were with us yesterday or even the first day, we greatly appreciate you. Somehow, I have not been fired, so you have to sit through my uh, hosting talents. Hey, David. Hey, David. Sorry. Producer Uh-oh. here, Ross Jackson, uh, just paging in. You you are. You are fired. You are fired. Because you <laughs> fired. said that Mobile was the home of Mardi Gras. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Fair enough. But you're going to finish this I'm not this going out. anywhere. Finish this so, out, though, here. <laughs> joining me on today's live episode, our final live episode from Mobile, home of Mardi Gras, is Aaron Freeman, the illustrious host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, and Brandon Olson, the host of the Locked On Gators podcast. I, of course, am David Harrison, host of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bucks with my co-host. Aaron had something to say, and Brandon is highly offended that I yeah, just rolled so through nice? my introduction. <laughs> why were you so nice to Aaron? And then it's just like... And this guy. <laughs> oh, well, Locked On Falcons viewers and listeners understand why I'm so nice to Aaron Freeman. He's part of the NFL channel. You are an imposter. And uh, invading our live stream. Aaron, welcome to the, uh, the live here. This is, this is going very well, ladies and gentlemen. It is day three here in the home of Mardi Gras. Aaron Freeman. Um, First and foremost, let's let's get some overall thoughts on the Senior Bowl event <laughs> as we wrap up the week. It was a great first of uh, time down here in Mobile uh, for me, a Senior Bowl week. And I enjoyed it, hanging out with you guys, uh, chuckling, joking, all that stuff and more. Uh, but yeah, it was a great first week. Got to see a lot of good players um, this past week. Uh, uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Absolutely. It was great having you down here as well. Brandon, you're a veteran of the, of the Senior Bowl. So here's here's the question that I have. And, and I think a lot of people, some, well, I don't say a lot of people, but some people on social media have kind of noticed that the buzz this year is a little bit lower. Why do you think that the buzz is a little bit lower? And why do you still think there's value to be taken away from this event? Uh, I, I mean, I think the reason that the buzz is a little bit lower, if anything, is that as the NFL schedule has changed and, and as the offseason schedule is also changing, Senior Bowl is still here. Senior Bowl is still the week after the conference championship and before the Super Bowl. But now there's the Shrine game is happening right now where Senior Bowl practices were during this week. And it used to be, oh, you go to the Shrine Bowl, you play well, you come to the Senior Bowl. That's not really the case anymore. And also this year specifically, quarterbacks are lackluster. Whether you want to talk about Will Levis is solidified as a high first-round pick, whether you agree with that or not. He skipped the senior bowl for that reason. Uh, Stetson Bennett, <laughs> well, uh, Stetson Bennett it did Stetson Bennett things, and and that's that's that we'll say there. But I think the quarterbacks are a bit lackluster, and for maybe the the people who care about actually building a team, the offensive line is great this year, but offensive line 
not yeah. general consensus is not that the offensive line is sexy and people don't want to see that. Doesn't move a lot of needles, right? Um, so getting getting into the, the the meat of the conversation here, uh, Tulane Greenway running back Tyler Spears has been a star all week long, and and thankfully because inside this house there is a little bit of connection to him, so it's like we came in looking to watch for him. So we had to make sure double check, make sure check the temperature around social media, make sure that it was actually true, and it is. So the question though here, and and I stated it. He's running back two in my eyes in the in, in the NFL draft right now. Still a lot to go, combines, pro days. Is that opinion warranted? Or are we jumping a, a little ahead of our am I jumping a little ahead of myself? Uh, we'll start with you, Aaron. What do you think? Um, I, I think you might be, you know, jumping a little bit ahead, but you know, that's the typical sort of senior bowl reaction. I think Tajay has definitely put himself on my radar. You know, unlike the rest of you guys, I wasn't going into this week expecting him to show out. I had knew very little of him, and I came out of this week being like, I have to go back and watch Tulane football this past year so I can see this guy. So I am not quite ready to put him at RB two, but maybe in a couple of days after I watch a couple more games, I might be there with you. But I think you know we have a tendency after the Senior Bowl to maybe overreact a little bit and start putting people in the first round and stuff like that. So I'm not quite there with it, but he certainly helped himself and he's going to be one of the top running backs taken this year at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, it's fair when you come in excited to see somebody and then they do well, it's 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 possible, right? Human nature to get maybe even a little bit more excited and it kind of helps you. Recency bias is a, is a thing. But fortunately, the draft is not happening in February. It's happening in April. So we've got more time to maybe balance the meters a little bit. Brandon, what's, what's your take on Tajay? Is he RB2 to you? And if he's not, how close is he? I mean, well, the draft isn't is it is it isn't here, but it starts here. That's the important part. Just uh, like Mardi Gras. Yeah, just like Mardi Gras. Uh, <laughs> now, Tajay isn't running back two for me, and, and I, I don't think he will be, but he is certainly a running back that is going to go, I'd say, probably late day two or early day three, and he's going to be an impact maker. We see that with running backs all the time where they step in as a rookie and they make impacts. And that's one of the reasons that people are like, oh, running backs don't matter because you can always replace them in the draft. And you always find valuable ads here. And I think for me, maybe with Tajay is I'm not sure how he'll be able to, or if he could consistently create at the NFL level. Um, part of that is as much as we love Tulane, group of five not the best competition and then he comes here he, he lights it up and that's a big thing for a player like Tajay where yep. you go okay you're a group of five player you're taking that step up it's like uh Tyson Badgett with Shepard the quarterback he's from Shepard and he's coming here to play against NFL players and Tajay lit it up but we'll see what he can do at the next level and really what his role is going to be as a pass catching back and just as a dual threat running back mm-hmm he has a role in the NFL. It's just a matter of, can he be the featured back for an offense? Yeah, and is he going to find the right situation, the right scheme to really maximize his talents? And, and I think that's the important thing, especially for, for fans and media like really when you're, when you're forecasting what's going to happen with some of these prospects and these teams in the NFL draft is understanding that the coaching, the fit, the scheme, uh, they, they, all, they all matter too. Those things are basically the same thing. But you, you, get, the, you get the point. Um, we go back to just this year alone, Rashad White uh, for the T- Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a pretty significant impact. Team overall struggle, but he made an impact uh, a day two draft pick. Brian Robinson Jr. for the Washington Commanders, uh, a significant impact as a day two draft pick. Two teams that I covered, two backs that I watched very closely, but kind of proves the point. Alvin Kamara, 
um, of the New Orleans Saints, uh, a team known for cheating the most out of the NFC South third round draft pick, even though Sean Payton swore they had a first round grade on him, <laughs> allowed him to get to the third round with a first round grade, allowed him to get to the third round with a first round grade, and then traded up to trade to draft a player in the third round that they had a first round grade on. Sure. Uh, but anyway, Alvin Kamara certainly proving that decision to be wise. Um, not going to talk too much about Saints-related trades because that's a touchy subject. Yeah. Um, but we are – so back to the Senior Bowl because that's what's important right now. There have been some <laughs> – <laughs> there have been some standouts. We'll be okay. There have been some standouts here. First and foremost, though, the offensive line. And we already kind of touched on it. Just in general, the offensive line here has balled out, which is weird because they don't really ball out all that much. So – not the, the sexiest tagline, right? But they do deserve their shine, their flowers, whatever you want to call it. So, Aaron, um, give me a couple or, you know, however many you want to throw out their offensive line that have stood out to you um, and, and what you've kind of seen from them. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz, the uh, Minnesota center, uh, really, I think, solidified himself as the best true center in this draft class, right? There may be a couple of guys like a Cody Mock that, you know, may get some looks at center. Peter Skaronsky may get some looks at center. But in terms of this guy actually played center in college and will be a center in the NFL, John Michael Smith solidified himself. He was a player I liked coming into the week. He, you know, I was questioning, can he stand up to the size and physicality at the position, right? That he's going to have to deal with some of these bigger nose tackle, Avita Vea, uh, if you will. Um, and he, to me, he showed that he has that capability of doing that. So I think he's certainly a day two, second round type of talent. That's usually when the first center comes off the board. And I think he certainly solidified himself in that role. Yeah. Fortunately, if he does go to the NFC South and has face Vita Vea, he probably want to see David Anyamata. Brandon, let's talk about some other offensive linemen. You deserve this, Ross. Um, and, and, and how they stood out to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's going to be a little bit of a homer pick here with Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Like, Saibo, he dominated at Louisiana for three years, and then he stepped up to the SEC. And in that whole offseason leading up to the start of the 2022 season, it was, well, now it's the SEC. It's not the Sun Belt anymore. And then he said, all right, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to whoop every one of you guys at the SEC, too. All-American. He's getting a brick outside of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. He's going to be the guy, and he's he was the top guard in the draft class going into the Senior Bowl week, I think, and he's been even better. We talked about it a lot where, for offensive linemen, the, the one-on-ones, they're hard to win because mm-hmm. in the NFL, you don't frequently get those true one-on-one opportunities. So right. for an offensive lineman, if you lose those, I don't fault you that much. Yeah. But if you win them... That's a big plus, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I feel like Saibo is putting dudes in the dirt for quite a bit. So yeah. for Osiris Torrens, I think that you had one year of Power 5 tape, and then you show up here and you're going up against other NFL players, yeah. and you came here and you balled out again. So I don't think he necessarily raised his value too much. I think he'll still be a tail end of, this, of the first-round guy, mm-hmm. but I think he solidified himself as Thursday night in April bye-bye Osiris Horns. Like, you're going to be in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I had, him, I had him top 40. Like, I don't really have a big board per se, but I looked down and I was like, that's top 40 guy. He's not getting past pick 40 if he even gets that far. And I think, uh, just like you said, like, that's that to me, that that is uh, a solidified fact. And, and, and like you said, when you guys watch these one-on-ones, right, like, understand that, you know, a guard like Osiris Horns, like, he drops into a set, the tackle drops with him. Some coaches don't do that, but this coaching staff had the tackle dropping with him. And then what they do? They peeled off. The tackle's 
came out the break and then was like, okay, I'm out the play. Like that doesn't happen in the NFL. I mean, it does happen sometimes, unfortunately. It's not supposed to happen in the NFL, but here in Mobile, it's happening on the one-on-ones. And but you're but you're right. But but Torrance still held his own and won. I mean, I didn't watch every rep that he took, right? But I never saw him lose a rep. And then in teams, he looked even better. But there's another Gator offensive lineman who I think did really well that I didn't really know anything about. You filled me in before we got to practices. And then I kept an eye on him, and he did really well. Talk a little bit about him. Yeah, Richard Garage is someone that, you know, he came in as the left tackle or a left tackle out of Florida. And it was interesting because today he's working with the Packers offensive line coach and assistant offensive line coach. They pulled him aside multiple times to work with him. And to me, I take that as a good indicator. Like, does it suck that you have to continually get correct? Yes. But at the same time, I feel like a coach constantly going back to you and going, like, we can fix this kind of shows that. I think this guy can be coached up. And that's an important thing here. And it's also important that for the first time ever, uh, Richard Garage was taking snaps at left guard today. So that's a possibility there. I wanted to see him at right tackle, but instead he played left guard a little bit today. And that was something that was impressive. He had a solid week, relatively consistent, didn't have many big wins, didn't have many big losses. And I think that's something you can kind of hang your hat on and say that's a good day. And I was talking to someone yesterday who has personal experience with Richard Garage and he was telling me that Richard Garage is one of the best leaders he's ever had mm-hmm. on an offensive line. And this is a guy with two decades of coaching experience. Yeah. And he's like Richard Garage is one of the best leaders I've seen on an offensive line. And I mean uh, I, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely. I'm a Giants fan. I'll take that if you want to come in. I don't care if we have two tackles that we're looking at for the future. Bring him in and then just bring in a leader that can contribute at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So not a first round guy, right? That that we expect I me mean, again so long time. But uh, the the Super Bowl rosters, you know what I mean? There's a lot of mid round, even 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 day three type guys, some UDFAs uh, that make an impact every now and then. So those guys are, are significant, just important. The character, you're talking about the leadership capability, that character uh, is extremely important. So the offensive line, kudos kind of across the board. Some guys struggled here and there, but for the most part, a very good showing for the offensive line group uh, here in Mobile. But we got some other standout players, Aaron Freeman, outside of the O-line. Who you got uh, for the good people out here in YouTube land? Well, since I was watching the offensive line so much, my eyes couldn't help but look at the guys going up against some of those offensive Fair. linemen that were w- winning some of those reps where the offensive line was losing. And for me, a player like Keon White really stood out to me for Georgia Tech. The uh, edge rusher, D lineman, he can kind of do it all. Big, long, 280-pound guy. They were dropping him into coverage in some linebacker drills uh, on day three. And he was looking like you know any sort of 250, 260-pound edge rusher really athletic guy. I think he was on Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list at the beginning of the summer. I think Mel Kuyper had him in his first round mock going to, I think, Tampa Bay uh, earlier uh, in January. So a a guy that, you know, kind of came into the week getting a little bit of buzz based off of some of that. But I don't think a lot of people were sort of had him on their radar in terms of uh, a lot of good edge rushers in this draft class, several of whom showed up in Mobile this week. But I think Keon White kind of came out of the week looking the best out of all those guys using his size, his power, his link to win a lot of those one-on-one matchups. Yeah, I mean, making the most of your opportunities. That's what football is all about. I mean, win and lose a game, season, Super Bowl, make a roster, don't make a roster, go to the Hall of Fame. It's all about taking advantage of opportunities when they come. Brandon, who also made the most of their opportunity here this year? Uh, I feel a little bit redundant because yesterday I said Darius Rush, but today I'm still saying Darius. Look, it's not my fault that he's being consistently productive. and Blame and Darius for doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, thanks, Darius. <laughs> really appreciate that one. But like we talked about yesterday, you know, he was often overlooked because Cam Smith out of South Carolina is thought of as a potential round one corner. And Darius Rush showed up at 
six one and five eighths and i think it was like 212 213 pounds and he showed up and he balled out and then day two he was i believe the fastest db on the team where he hit if i'm not mistaken it was like 21 miles per hour which Mm -hmm. is 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 fast fast so he kind of showed that he has all the physical tools and he won some reps he lost some reps but i think showing those physical tools when you were overlooked because of a teammate being so good mm-hmm. where, I mean, we've seen that happen in South Carolina a couple of years ago too, with Israel Mukwamu and JC Horn. And we're, we're seeing it again nice. now with Cam Smith being awesome and Darius Rush also being awesome, but being overlooked. Yeah. So Darius Rush is a big winner here where he kind of got to line up without Cam Smith on the opposite side. And he kind of got to show, Hey, I'm, I'm me still like, I don't know if I'm him, but I, I'm me still, and I can kind of show up and hold my own here. And as a DB with one-on-ones here, that's huge. Senior Bowl, you see these DBs and receivers go out at one-on-one where you have no safety help. You have to play man coverage, and you have to shut them down. And Darius Rush did that relatively consistently. So for me, huge week for Darius Rush, and I can't wait to dive further into him. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, Stanford cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly came in immediately draws my attention, right? Because he's a legacy. Brian Kelly's his father. Brian Kelly, Super Bowl winning cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, had a lot of years in the, in the National Football League. Coached up. His, his Brian Kelly coached up by Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, who was on ground here. Uh, definitely talked to the younger Kelly uh, here and there. Pittsburgh Steelers media, like all over this prospect because of the Mike Tomlin connection. Chris Carter over at Locked On Steelers, I'm sure, is going, has been and going to be talking about him uh, as well. And and honestly, I mean, he looks like a Steeler, but he could also look like a Buccaneer. He could also look like a commander. The, the commanders have a little bit of a mixture of what they want in their DBs, but I think the, the longer athletic a little bit, a little bit longer than what they've had in the past uh, athletic. And then, of course, the big splash plays, what you kind of want to see from some of these uh, playmakers. And he had one of those with a pick six that that really, I mean, for a moment there, I, I was actually like, are there fans in the stands here or are there media in the stands here? It turns out there's a mixture, which is fair. Um, but also the guys on the sidelines and the guys on the field were, were making sure that he got a lot of love uh, for doing that. And he did it on a day where I think the, mo- the highest number of NFL exec scouts coaches were in, on hand. So that's uh, really key too, to show that he has that ability. So some good guys uh, standing out here in Mobile. But we got to... We got to talk about this, and we've kind of already talked about this with the, the 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 Taji conversation. Where's the grain of salt? Like, how how much salt do we put on this thing? Like, where do we really measure these things? Because a lot of guys come out of this, and and you guys mentioned it. Like, sometimes we've got guys that nobody ever really heard of, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, day one. You know what I mean? This this guy could be a cornerstone of your franchise after three days of practice. Book it. But then we also see some guys come out and have maybe not so great days and, and have some some struggles. And it's like, nope, UDFA, send them to the XFL, USFL, Arena Football League. Welcome back. Good luck. Um, you know, so so where does that line fall? Like, what is the Senior Bowl? How do we best break down to audiences, Aaron, what the Senior Bowl is really all about, where the important parts are and where the entertaining parts are? Well, to some folks, the Senior Bowl is about confirming your priors, meaning yeah. that, you know, if you like the guy going into the week, you'll find a way to sort of squint and see, I like this guy. He confirmed his status as a first round pick or a second round pick or whatever. I, I think for a lot of it is kind of checking boxes. It's all part of this process that the NFL does throughout the offseason, which is checking boxes. I think the Senior Bowl can really help for some of these small school guys like a Cody Mock, some of these guys like uh, Tyler Bajan from Shepard, some of these small school guys that have not seen the level of competition 
playing in the SEC week after week, right? We know the SEC guys, they get tested every single Saturday. But some of these guys in D2, FCS, all that and more, going up and showing that they can play at the level with these SEC guys, with these Big 12, Pac-12, et cetera, guys. I think it's really big for those guys to really solidify their draft stock. I think for the most part, the Senior Bowl is really kind of about showing your versatility, showing your coachability, those types of things. And so it's not a thing where someone goes from round seven to round one or anything like that. It's just NFL teams looking at the players, checking boxes, confirming their priors, so to speak, uh, and, and you know, seeing if some of these small school guys can really hang with some of the bigger school guys. I don't think it really hurts too many people. I don't think it really helps too many people. I remember last yeah. year with Malik Willis, you know, after the senior bowl, you know, everybody was talking about how, well, maybe the Lions should take him at two. He winds up going in the third round, which is kind of where people initially were having him. And so I don't think the senior bowl really boosts stock in a major way. It can certainly you know, make a guy that was maybe borderline early second round guy into a late first round guy, that sort of thing, but nothing too major. And so I think there's a tendency to overblow the senior bowl week, especially in the days coming after where, you know, we are doing content, everybody's doing content around the yeah. National Football League to kind of hype up these things to try to get more views and downloads and all that various stuff. But I think the senior bowl overall is just kind of checking boxes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna steal a saying from Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera, and he said throughout the season, you can kind of categorize things as, as interesting and then important, right? And some things that are interesting are not important. And some things that are important, honestly, aren't all that interesting. Um, if we did a week's worth of shows on guard play at the Senior Bowl, some of you might not tune into every single one of those episodes, right? So we talk about them as a group because of that factor. So Brandon, when you look at the Senior Bowl, there's got to be things that are important and there's got to be things that are more interesting than they are important. And that's just the nature of the beast. So to you, what are a couple of things that are important that maybe the casual fan and, and, and you know fans get smarter every single year but there are still some casual fans out there that maybe they don't understand or and what is the most important part i don't know why what i just said is, was wrong i made a face <laughs> oh okay <laughs> when you said fans get smarter right? mm. <laughs> but i think one of the things is like i mentioned with richard garage before it, it's that this is an opportunity for coaches to get to see a player and get to know who that player is and get to coach him and get to go okay i'm gonna take my time and coach you extra i've told the story before about lou anarumo with kendall Wilder at the 2020 senior bowl where cincinnati's coaching staff is the one running it and lou anarumo took time with Kendall Wilder and other corners and he was like okay like this is what you're doing wrong try to get this right and he took that time and for me I think that's something where I think most fans are going to go I don't care that that you're working with him but it's important because for the coach you get to work with that player and figure out is he open to coaching we were talking earlier about a player who was um not open to coaching yeah yeah not as receptive um which is funny because he's a receiver but he was not as receptive to coaching and we were like okay He's not going to the Panthers. And, and it's as simple as that. So we've seen these times where coaches can find out if players are coachable. You're learning right. more about the character than anything else here. Nobody is – no coaching staff is coming to Mobile finding a player that they hadn't watched before and hadn't heard of before and going, oh, my God goodness you're going to be a first round pick no one's doing that and no one's going you're going to be undrafted because of right. the senior bowl here what they're going to do is look at these players and we've talked all week about tajay spears there's going to be a team that hasn't watched him yet and goes 
well, now I need to no, be, because absolutely. he's he's opened my eyes. He's piqued my interest. I spoke to an NFL head coach earlier this week that goes, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't watched a minute of college tape yet. This is his first experience and his first exposure to these guys. Yep. There have been players that are going to pop. We talked about D. Winter, D. Winters yesterday at TCU. They're going to watch him and they're going to go, okay, like, like you popped a little bit. I'm going to take time to watch your tape. And that's the important part that people often overlook where you mentioned media is going to go, oh, whoop, first round, that's you, baby. And that's not really how it works. Yeah. NFL teams are going to look at these guys and go, okay, you're going to bump yourself up a little bit. Maybe you force me to rewatch you again, and I didn't like you that much before. Um, Julius Brents, Kansas State, plays a ton of zone coverage. Coming yeah. into this week, it was, I want to see him play man. That's what NFL teams are looking for. That can he play man? Can you do that? Because if I'm a defense that is very versatile and switches with man to zone frequently, then I want to see if you can do that. And if you can, then I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to watch your tape one more time and see if you impress me there and see if I can kind of see some of those skills that will translate to my scheme. So it's not super interesting to the casual fan, but the intricacies here are are what's really important and and getting these impressions and chances to change minds. That's the important part of the senior bowl. Absolutely. Well said, both of you gentlemen, absolutely putting it into uh, context for everybody. So, but it's a great time. Bottom line is it's a great time. It's entertaining. It's informative. And a lot of us, a lot of, a lot of media members, fans, and, and obviously some teams, uh, like you're learning new names and you're you're figuring out who guys are that you maybe haven't heard of before. And now you can go back and watch the tape, which for a lot of people usually means YouTube, and that's okay. But I think to a T, like the Daniel Jeremiah's and Bucky Brooks of the world at the top level NFL media uh, type of things. But when you talk behind the scenes with scouts and coaches, they say the same thing. The Draft Network guys, the usual hosts here at the Locked On NFL Draft, I'm sure tell you the same thing. Go back to the tape. No matter what you think, no matter what you see at a pro day, senior bowl, whatever it is, go back to the tape and that's what is all about here and then getting to know uh who is going to be able to make it to the next level and and who's not so from the locked on podcast network good luck to all the competitors uh out there and 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 uh you know in, in your future nfl career my producer keeps laughing at me and i don't appreciate oh okay my bad i didn't see that i'm not gonna say what i was about to say um make sure <laughs> that you are tuning into the locked on nfl draft uh for the rest of the year well all season long but especially the rest of the year leading up to the nfl draft better hosts than i will be here with you to take you all the way up to the selection meeting for the national football league also check out ross jackson behind the scenes um creating havoc but also creating magic on locked on saints your tuesday host at locked on nfl um, I was going to try to say his outro, but I can't remember it. Aaron Freeman of the illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast. Make sure you check him out. Check out Brandon Olson, Locked On Gators. I'm at Locked On Bucks and Locked On Commanders. If you want to hear all about Tom Brady's retirement, please come on through and we'll talk about that uh, at Locked On Bucks. Until next time, if you're out about, please be safe. Be kind of one another. Thank you for joining us on this live Reese's Senior Bowl wrap up episode on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Trust.